0: Lorraine Meyer. She's a member of our Timberline Church family and uh, today is uh, Sanctity of Human Life. Uh, Today is the weekend for that and uh, it's a great opportunity for us to introduce to you a new ministry that's starting here at Timberline Church in conjunction with Welcome Child which is our orphan care and adoption ministry and so Lorraine has um, had this vision for this ministry for quite a while, and so I want to introduce you to her. Um, So since it is Sanctity of Life Weekend, um, and your ministry that you're going to be talking about is Friends of Birth Mothers, um, how are you, you've done some things this morning to invite some folks here so that we can celebrate Sanctity of Human Life, and what, can you tell us a little bit about what we're doing this weekend?
1: Sure, we're joining uh, churches all over the nation that are celebrating today, and how Timberline specifically doing that is. If you open up your uh, bulletin, you'll see in tables five through eight, we have um, four crisis pregnancy centers that are that are pro-life, and they're from Fort Collins, Loveland, and Greeley. These are the communities that you live in, and they're serving there, and um, they have different services. Each one offers something different. could be um, ultrasounds, um, all sorts of different things, um, baby clothing and such. Um, But all of them offer um, pregnancy tests as well as um, referrals for practical resources in the community and the willingness to confidentially discuss with women their options from a pro-life perspective. And also, um, we have blessed um, to have CSU Students for Life Club, and so if there's any CSU students out there, stop by the table and talk to them. They actually have some um, a speaker, special speaker that's coming Monday night that is open to the whole community.
0: Mm-hmm. Great, great. So there's a lot of things happening, a lot of mm-hmm. tables to visit. And uh, the new ministry is Friends of Birth Mothers, and this is mm-hmm. obviously for women in crisis pregnancy situations. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about Friends of Birth Mothers Lorraine? Sure. This ministry started about
1: 15 years ago in another state by an adoptive couple who saw that the birth mom who placed her son in their home didn't receive the emotional support that she needed. And so that's how this ministry started. Um, today, I'm thrilled to say that it serves all women, whether they consider parenting or they're considering adoption. It really, it really doesn't matter. Um, and it is new to Colorado. Um, the, the women that we serve, they range in um, marital status, age, uh, religious beliefs, and um, that's the reason why this truly is a ministry to the community. Um, we're not a crisis pregnancy center. What um, our goal is specifically is that hand in friendship um, that sometimes a woman needs Our ministry trains and matches Christian women within the community um, One-on-one friendship With a pregnant woman who's in need And um, once they're matched Then they meet anywhere And anytime that they want And that may mean um, At a coffee shop on a Tuesday night And so in a nutshell The job description is a Bible verse Which I love And
0: that's Proverbs
1: 17:17 17, 17, That says a friend loves at all times That's great That's
0: great. I'm sure there are a lot of people here who are interested in how to get plugged in in this ministry and um, how to get the word out um, in the community that this ministry is available here at Timberline Church. So, can you let us know about how they get more information and how they plug in? Um, Yeah, that's.
1: uh, um, We can, um, if you're interested in becoming a friend and a volunteer friend, come back and um, sign up at our table. Our table's number four. And uh, we will let you know when the next training is Um, if you are working for an organization that is um, touching pregnant women and are open to referring to this Timberline ministry, we have um, special folders for you that you can take to your office and um, tuck it away in your um, file cabinets when it's needed. And above all, if you know somebody who's pregnant or if you're pregnant yourself, and this idea of friendship really... um, motivates you. Please stop by the table. We have a friend that's waiting for you.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Lorraine. Um, Would you join me as we just pray for Lorraine and for this ministry? Lord, we just thank you for Lorraine and the vision that you have given her for this Friends of Birth Mothers. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church to reach out to women in the community who may be feeling a bit overwhelmed uh, by finding out that they're pregnant and um, needing to have a friend to be able to help them to figure out their uh, the resources that are available to them and to be comforted and to be um, just given some hope that they may not be able to find on their own. And so we just ask that you would work mightily through this ministry, that you would uh, just really empower Lorraine as she trains women and as she goes out into the community, you'd give her favor with those in the community that would be able to refer people to this ministry. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Let's say thanks to Lorraine and Pastor Christie. Thank you very much. really appreciate these new ministries that are firing up. We try to, every weekend, and thanks for listening, um, because we're, we're really not wanting to waste your moments. We we are trying to bring new ministries that you need to know about, that's going to touch you, that you can get involved in, and so we try to take, we call it a spotlight, about five minutes or less, we just try to expose stuff to you, so thanks for being a part of that. How you doing so far today? Doing good? Enjoying your Sunday? I hope so. It's a little cold out there, though, the wind. How many of you? The wind woke you up last night at some point. Yeah, me too. It was like <laughs> I could hear kind of the wind or house rattling a little bit. So I'm not crazy about that, but I am so happy that you are here today. Last weekend we uh, we started a, a actually a couple weekends ago we started a series called A New Day. It's based on Isaiah 43, and we have been taking it one line at a time. There are four main lines in this passage, and God is talking to Israel. And he's making them a promise, even though they probably don't deserve it, which I'll talk about in a minute. But God is God, and sometimes He offers stuff that we don't deserve. Aren't you glad? But today I've 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 entitled this message a pathway because you are on a path. You you might not know it, but you're going somewhere, and and in some cases you're headed there fast. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard the, the phrase, or maybe if you raised kids, you said, if you stay on this path, you're going to end up in whatever you say at the end of that. What do you mean by that? What you mean is, you know, you, you you don't wake up tomorrow and suddenly you're in destruction, but there is a path that can take you to destruction. There are other paths that can lead you to success in the right sense of that word or toward God, and, and you have to choose what path you're on, because there are many paths to choose. And today we're talking about that pathway, and knowing what path I'm on. How can I know? I typically don't want to be on any other path than the one God wants me to be on, but it's discerning which one that is. That's the problem for me. Sometimes I feel like doors open, and I say, God, is this your plan, and am I supposed to do this, or am I supposed to do that? If you'll just tell me, I'll do it. Um, that's what your heart probably is saying too. But I want to talk to you today about this path because it's a promise that we need to have in our hearts. Isaiah forty three nineteen. Let me read it. Follow along. For I am about to do something new, God says. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness... Wilderness. Say that with me. Wilderness. And aren't you glad it says through? Okay? And then the last line. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. We'll talk about that next week. Number one in your outline on the back of the bulletin. If you're taking notes, follow along with me. I want you to write this down. Who is the maker of the pathway? Who is the maker of the pathway? There are times when God directly makes a path for us to follow. And we know it's Him. And there's no doubt about it. There are other times in my life when God uses you. He uses my wife. He uses one of our kids. He uses a friend to open a door for me. To give me an idea about a pathway that God is saying, I want you to go this direction. And the counsel of a friend goes a long ways in getting me on the right path. In this case, God says, "I will make a path." I love that about God; He is willing to make a path for you. I, I know the phrase; um, you probably can finish this phrase. There are two ways we can do this: the easy way or the hard way. How many of you usually learn the hard way? Okay, I, that's my pattern. I typically bang around enough to get to learn the hard way. But sometimes I wish I could learn the easy way, God's way. I wish I could just find that path and say, okay, God, I know you've opened this door, and I don't I don't want to learn the hard way. Because the path that God has called us on, the path that He is opening, is a path that you want to be on, that I want to be on. Why couldn't Israel stay on that path? I heard someone say this week, and it's an interesting thought, they said, why did it take the Israelites 40 years to take an 11-day trip? 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. When it, if they would have just gone straight to Canaan, straight there, about 11 days, 12 days, somewhere in there. <laughs> How many say, that sounds like my life? <laughs> I, I have to say, I've, I've had to sit back and look at this and saying, God, sometimes... You know, I have the phrase where I've said, why did it take me so long to get this? You ever said that? Why has it taken me this long to get in this path or to figure this out or to put myself in this position? It's because we usually learn the hard way. But God can open a path, and I want you to know that. And I also want you to know that He opens pathways for you even though we don't fully deserve it. Israel, if you read the entirety of Isaiah 43... They had been disobedient, they were worshiping other gods, they were walking in sin, they were not paying attention to what God had said, they were critical, they were murmuring. It goes on and on and on. God just had all these challenges with with these people and yet God steps up out of nowhere and says, I'm going to make a pathway for you guys. You know, that just shows you that you cannot earn that. You can't just live a little better and God will show up. The nature of God is that He loves you in spite of you. (laughs) He created you. He wants you to be in His will. He wants you to walk on His path. And it's about you listening to the to His voice and going through the doors that He opens for you. So if you want to do that, which I believe you do, so do I. How can we do that? The last observation under this point is that He's the maker of the pathway that goes through the wilderness. And some of you today that are in the wilderness, I hope you'll hear this. Because it doesn't say He'll take you around the wilderness, that He'll build a bridge and take you over the wilderness. It doesn't say He's going to have a helicopter come down and pick you up and get you out of there, because that's what I pray. Lord, I just don't want to go through this. Can you just bail me out? Get this done. And God says, no. But I will make a pathway through it. Let's get through this hardship. Let's get through this trial. Let's get through this burden. It's not easy. It is tough. But it is my path, and you hold my hand, and we're going there. And that's the kind of God that you serve. And that's the kind of God that I serve. Whether I deserve it or not, I can trust that He will open a door for me. And that He will open a door for you. And some of you desperately need that today. And I'm here to bring that hope through the Word of God to say, God does see you. God does know where you're at. He cares about it. Number two in your outline. We need to understand how new pathways are made. Just talking about this one section that he's going to make a pathway. I I need to get my head around how the pathway is made, because there are many ways to make a path. And you know, and, and this word pathway means trodden upon. It's it, it's the the Hebrew word that literally just means you you've walked long enough that it has stomped everything else down. And and that's. That happens by a variety of ways, but it usually takes someone who is willing to get out and make that happen. So the first, I have several ideas that I want to talk about how pathways are made. Number one in your notes is that it usually, when a pathway is made, it involves some kind of a risk. Someone has to decide to go there. A path is never established unless someone walks on that place. And then someone else walks on it. But Bonnie and I, we do like the hike. Bonnie and I, in the summer, we always plan several good hikes, and and uh, there's some really good hikes in Colorado, especially around Estes Park. And, but one thing that I that is tough for me is sometimes I see where I'm going, like if it's the top of a mountain, and then and then I sort of have these ideas that there might be a different way that we could go that's not on the path, but it looks shorter to me. And, and it's always not a good idea because sometimes I end up, you know, there's this cliff I can't get around or I should have just stuck with where. I, but I like making new pads. So Bonnie bought me this little handheld GPS thing. And, and that way I can get really lost way back in there. And I don't know how to work it very well. So it's a problem. But sometimes that's what we do. We we sort of get off the path. We want to blaze our own trail. We're going to do it our way. We have a good idea. And, and it's not the pathway. But when God calls you to walk on His pathway, it will involve some risk. And you have to say yes to that. And you have to be willing to say, God, I'm going on your jo- journey. I don't need to just play it safe. Because some people in their Christian walk, they're bored because they're not on the pathway that God has for them. Because when you walk on the path, it is a challenge. It's, it, it's a risk. And, and I also want to say this about this point. Some people say, well, you know, if you're in the will of God, if you're doing what He's asking you to do, it just all works out. <laughs> That's bad theology. There is fulfillment in doing the will of God and being on that path. I believe that, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Try to tell that to the people who became martyrs for doing the will of God. You know, you you can be in the perfect will of God on His path, going through the doors He's opening for you, and it is tough going right now. You're doing everything right, but it's just hard. And you just have to press on. And there's risk involved to say, God, I'll do what you ask me to do. Don't forget that. It's important. Number two, often pathways are made and it's not voluntary. (laughs) It's not because you wanted to take a new road it's because you have no other choice but to step out if you're going to survive how many of you i'm going to do a raise a hand thing here because i I really want to know i've been doing this all weekend and it's fascinating to me in the south auditorium please do commit to doing this and look around the room a little bit because how many of you can say just in the last few years or maybe it was longer than that ago you were forced out of either a job or a situation or you had no choice. It wasn't because you chose it, but it, it pushed you into a mindset that said, okay, I've got to make something happen. So I'm going to, you started a company or you went a new career or you went back to school, but because of a forced change, it wasn't voluntary. You are now doing something different than you were doing then. Raise your hand real high. Now look around, folks. Okay, you you can put them down. Thank you. Because that is a sign of what happens sometimes when we walk with God. is that it's not that we prayed about it and we want to go there. It's that there's no other option. And God says, I'm going to open a door that you would have never considered until now. Because the pressure is so great. I grew up in a home where my mom used what is called a pressure cooker. Anyone know what this is? How do you have one? Look at that. Get that out of your house. That is the scariest cooking instrument in the world. I I grew up as a kid, and that thing, I'm serious, it has like a lid that like screws on. It like goes down, and there's like potatoes. This was before microwaves. And and my mom would fill it with potatoes and put water in there, and, and all of a sudden she would press that down, and it had this little top on it. And this top, this pressure starts to build, and... All of a sudden, it's like a volcano. Steam starts coming out and it starts splattering and this thing starts going... It's like rattling around and my mom is like, Kids, don't touch that. Don't take that off or it could blow. I'm like running out of the kitchen crying. And I hear it in the living room. I'm like, the potatoes are going to blow up our house. Oh. Why would you have one of those? Why would you use one of those? Because that pressure causes whatever's in there to, to cook differently and quicker. It forces that moisture into them. And that's sometimes what life does to us is we get in the pressure cooker and we don't like it, but because of it, we are open to that, the other instruments that God is using in our lives. Our mind is open. We are forced to change Because change doesn't come easy. And usually we don't change until we have a level of pain that we cannot bear. Don't like that. But that's usually how we change. It's not voluntary. Number three. Pathways also are made and discovered. And this is what happens. Knowing the direction still requires walking. If you take a physical path and 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 you say, okay, I'm going to make a new path that goes that way, you can know the direction that you want to go, but you still have to walk it. So what's the point? The point is God can show you the way, but there's some work involved to get there. God doesn't just do everything for us. The children of Israel are going to have to say yes to the new path and do what God asks them to do and be obedient to His plan. And that's what happens to us is we... We have to move. We can't just sit and wait. Sometimes God's opened the door and we're just waiting, praying. Oh, God, lead me. Okay, here's the path. Oh, God, show me the path. Here's the path. Oh, God, I need you to show up. Help me, Lord. Help me. Here's the path. Oh, God. (laughs) God's saying, forget it, man. Forget it. (laughs) No, he doesn't say forget it. (laughs) I would say forget it. Being on the right path doesn't mean it's an easy road. You can be right in the middle of the will of God. And it's tough. Don't get confused about that. But just know that it's going to require your heart and your passion. It's going to take energy from you to do this thing that God's calling you to do. But you're going to do it. You're going to put your head down and you're going to go. Because you're going in the direction that God is asking you to go. Pay attention to that. Number three. I want to talk just a little bit about making sense out of the wilderness because that's the second part of this phrase that can trap us if we're not careful. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Now God makes pathways through a lot of things, but for those of you that have had have been doing some maybe some wilderness living the last few days, and the wilderness in the Bible constantly refers to Even Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, it's a place of temptation, it's a place of dry desolation, it's a place of of hunger at times, it's a place of depression. You look at the prophets going into the wilderness. It can be just a trying place where trials are real. And we all have wilderness experiences, So, so that's why I want to talk about it. What are some questions to consider when I find myself in the wilderness? And if you're not now, you will be eventually. You have been or you will be. That's just the nature of how our walk is with God. And so I've put three questions here for us to consider. Number one is, how did I get here? Now, I want to talk about this one because I'm I'm typically someone who, who would say, my mindset usually is to people, look, you can't control the past. You can't change what you did. So start today and let's talk about your future. Right? How many think that's a good rule, usually? That's a good rule. Some of you need to hear that. But there is something about learning from my decisions so that I don't repeat those patterns. And that's where I think people sometimes don't stop long enough to pay attention to why they ended up in the wilderness. It's possible that you're in the wilderness that you've done nothing. It just, that's, just, that's just the way it happened. The job closed down. This happened. You're, you don't know where. God does have a plan. But in other cases, I know that I've brought it on in my life before where I have a wilderness experience because of some decisions I made. I would even like to ask you to maybe write down a couple of traits that you have in your life that cause you sometimes to go into the wilderness. Well, I have a tendency to isolate myself. That can create wilderness for you. I have a tendency. Do you know your tendencies? I mean, it would be good. I did this this week. I just think it'd be good for you to say cuz cuz I see people all the time who Maybe their tendency is to quit when it gets tough. And they quit on a marriage, they quit on friendship, they quit on a job, they just if it gets too tough, they just I can't handle this. And they need to learn not to quit. They need to learn how to communicate and get in there and and, and try again. I see other people who just get to completely sarcastic. You know, and you say, Well, you know what's God put oh God. God doesn't put anything in my life. Yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, I don't pray anymore. And and they just are angry, you know. How's your marriage? Marriage. You try to be married to him. You try to be married to him. There's just this sarcasm that just oozes out of them. And guess what? They're going to the wilderness. They're going to the wilderness and they're going to bring it on themselves because of that attitude that they have. And, and people who complain... The Israelites are a perfect example. I mean, they didn't want, like the food they were eating. They didn't like the conditions. They complained to God. They murmured. They complained against leadership. They Complain, complain. That's taking you to the wilderness. No one's going to want to be around you. You're going to be isolated and alone. So can I ask the question, how did I get here? You don't just wake up one morning lost in the wilderness. Okay? You journey your way toward the state of being lost in the wilderness and it can be weeks months or even years but it's a journey to get there and it might be a journey to get out number two another question is (laughs) am I willing to leave here you say well that's easy Of course I am wait a minute there are people that become comfortable with the wilderness so much so that I watch people who actually are living in what they would say is a sinful lifestyle, but, and that's the problem. Well, I know this isn't right, but, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but, and what happens is, there's no urgency to bring change to them, and so they just end up staying right there in that same place. Because there's no immediate consequence to their sin. Can I tell you that if God would consume you with fire every time a person, every time they sinned, sin would, would go down on the, on the rate. <laughs> there would be less sin in our world. If you knew you were going to die... But because sometimes there's no immediate consequence, we can choose to just stay in the wilderness, let things creep into our lives, and no one really knows, it's my life anyway, I can do what I want, and all of a sudden these attitudes start to take us over. Will you ask the question, am I willing to leave here? Am I willing to make the changes necessary with God's strength in my life to become that man or woman of God? That teenager who takes a stand, that gets on that path of God and says, I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. God, you put it in my heart and I will do it. That takes determination at another level. A spirit level. Number three. Another question is, what, what have I learned here? What have I learned here? This is a, a very important question because the wilderness is a teacher of many, many things. And if you can just jot some things down about the lessons learned in your life to say, I learned this, Lord. Help me to put it into practice at the next level. Because we wouldn't choose to learn that way, but often it's the best teacher we have is trial and tribulation. And that's where some of you are right now. And I want to pray for you. We're going to do something a little different today. Because this message is about a pathway, in just, in just a moment... We're all going to stand together, not to be dismissed. I'm going to ask you to be very respectful of of staying with me and being involved in this. South Auditorium, I want you to participate as well, just with your whole heart. We're going to stand so that it can facilitate the people in your row to step out. I know it's tough sometimes to let them out, but, but we're going to try because I think there's some people in this room that need to actually physically take a step. And I'm going to ask you to walk on a path that leads you right up here. Those of you that know, this needs to be a new day for you. Some of you couples in this room right now, you need to come together because you need a new beginning. Some of you at work, you just got a job or you're looking for a job or you're trusting God or you're just new in your journey. Or maybe you're not even a person of faith and you say, God, today I want your path in my life. Some of you are in the wilderness and you're comfortable with the wilderness. Today's the day. I want you to get out of that place. I prayed this week that this would be a moment when you step out from where you are and you walk to the front. You guys, I know God's not more present up here than He is in the back row. Matter of fact, I think He hangs out in the back row more, so you guys, be careful. But there's something about that action that says, I'm going to walk this path to the front of this room symbolic of a new beginning with you today, God. Whatever it is, it doesn't mean it's sin or anything. It could just be a new thing God's putting in your heart, a new vision. But it's a new path, and, and you're going to do it, and you're committing to it. And then I'm just going to pray over those who are at the front, in the south auditorium, you as well. And then you're going to go back to your seat, and we're going to have one final thought and be done. Would you stand with me, please, if you're able to do so? And and uh, that will help facilitate those who, who need to come. And without further ado, just those of you that know, I'm I'm on a new path. Just come now, please. South Auditorium, just step out right now. You know, God's calling you to a new pathway. And feel it when you step out and walk. Every step, I want you to say, God, I'm on your path. I'm doing this. I feel prompted to do this. It's a new day for me. It's a new beginning in this area of my life. Just come on down. Teenagers, retired persons, just come on down. If God's saying, this is something new. Church, now I hope you'll just be praying for these as they come, because these are great people who have a passion for God, to do His will, to do His work. And we're going to pray for them, and you're going to join me in praying for them. Just come right on up here. God bless you. Thank you so much, guys. Amen. We, I think I can say this for both auditoriums today, we love you, we're proud of you, we're thankful that you're here. And... um How many of you can honestly say, man, there's quite a few times in your life you would have walked up here today. Yeah, all of us, okay? So just know that you have friends who are going to pray over you right now. Whatever this is that God's growing in your heart, whatever He's putting in you, let it be that God thing. And when you walked up here today, you're saying, Lord, it's about you. I'm trusting you. And I begin this journey right now in your name. Okay, you excited? God's going to do it. It's a new thing. Pray with me for these, okay, right now. Lord, we cannot create change in and of ourselves in this prayer physically. But by your Spirit, we believe that as we ask you to create a new passion, a new heart, a new direction in people who have stepped out onto a path, That You have prompted them to do that by the quickening of Your Spirit. I ask You now to renew the mind, the heart, the body, the spirit man. I ask You, Lord, to put hope where there's been despair. That You will give ideas, creativity, that You will give blessing. God, that You will do the impossible things that these people are believing You for. Not in a selfish sense, but in a sense that they want to be Your ambassadors in the Kingdom of God to what You're calling them to become and to be in their lives and with their lives. We pray over them now in agreement. We pray for Your blessing and for Your encouragement over them. For strength to do this. For tomorrow, when they begin their day, they'll get up and they'll walk on this path. They'll be mindful of this new day and this new pathway that You're creating for them. Determination to see it through. We trust You, God, to do a deeper work than than what we could ever do in and of ourselves. Thank You for the seriousness in which these people take this moment, Lord. Bless them. Be their strength. In Your name we pray it. Amen. We love You. God bless you. You can go back to your seat. Would you just let these people know you love them and you're going to be praying for them? They're great, folks. Amen. Powerful. You can be seated maybe once they get in there if you know that they need in. God bless you. Thank you for that. Wow. What a God we serve. I love you guys. I feel like we're in a journey all the time that God's helping us to, uh, to walk on together. We're going to give right now. Thanks for giving. Ushers are going to come. We love you. We bless you. And you are the Lord of all. And we thank you, Lord. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will create a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. That is our God. Lord, we are thankful. As we walk out of here today, we walk out hoping to let Your love live in this world. Our attitudes, our spirits, our demeanors, all that we are, all that we can become. And Lord, help us to walk on that pathway that You have created for us. We trust You in Your mighty name. Amen. Our prayer team is up here. If you want to pray with someone, come on up. God bless you. Have a blessed and a wonderful rest of your weekend. I hope to meet some of you at Summit tonight who haven't been there before. So, 5 o'clock, see you then. God bless you.